Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Vayeshev Shvi, the last Aliyah in Pashasi, Vayeshev. The topic is the butler and the baker. We hear a remarkable story in these 23 psukim, which encompass Perak Mem in Sefer Bereshis, about uh, Yosef's incident in the prison. So here's a basic overview, and then we'll look at some questions to ponder. So we hear that um, Yosef's now in prison, and while he is in prison, and he's, he seems to be some sort of agent, he's in charge of the people in the prison, the, we hear about the sins of the butler and the baker of Pharaoh, and Para gets angry with them, throws them into prison. And um, they're in prison, and Yosef gets to know them, and, uh, and Yosef is in charge of these individuals because the Sarbe Sasar, the, the, the chief of the prisons, puts him in charge of, of them. And they dream a dream. They, they, they have the, on the same night, they have a dream, but they, each one seems to dream each other's solution, it seems, at least the simple way of reading it. And they uh, and the next morning, Yosef comes to him and sees that they're really upset about something. He says, well, what, what, what's, what happened? Well, why are you so upset today? So they said, to look, so they said, we both dreamed a dream, but we just don't understand what it means. Yosef says, well, God explains. God has solutions. Perhaps tell me and maybe I'll help you. Um, so I tell him, so the, 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 so the Sarah Mashkim, the, the, the butler tells I mean that, that, you know, what happens is that he sees a, a vineyard in front of him and it has the, and he describes in great detail this whole vineyard. So here's what he says. He sees in front of him a vine. Then buds form, blossoms bloomed, and clusters rose into grapes. And he then he sees Pharaoh's cup in his hand, and he takes the grapes, squeezed them into the into the Pharaoh's cup, and placed the cup back onto Pharaoh's hand. Yosef explains to him what's going on over here is these branches. There are three branches of three days. In three days, Paro will bring your head up, meaning to say he will bring you back to your position, and you will continue to place his drinks on his hand as you were when you were his butler. Um, and then he says, but you should remember me that uh, what I did for you and remember my name so that perhaps I'll be able to get out of my place because I was Gunav Gunavti, um, that I was stolen. I was kidnapped from my, uh, my homeland. I'm, I come from the land of Canaan. I'm a, I'm a Semite from the, the Hebrews and I did not do anything to deserve being thrown in the dungeon. So he asks for hope for grace. Uh, then, then we hear about the baker who now comes to him and says, well, the dream that I had was that I saw in the dream there were three baskets of very fine white bread that were on my head and there were three baskets. In the top basket, all kinds of baked goods a pair of Pharaoh eats. But then what happened was the birds came down and started eating the bread that was in my baskets. So he also says, well, these three baskets are also three days. In three, day, uh, three, three days, Pharaoh will lift your head. But that means to say off your body. He will decapitate you and hang you at the ga- gallows. Um, and the birds will eat your flesh. And that's what happened. In three days' time was Pharaoh's um, birthday. And um, at the, such a time, he reviews the verdicts and he kills the baker and he brings the butler back to his position, at which point, and uh, he returns to his job. The, um, the, the parasha ends, He does not remember Yosef and he completely forgets him. Very, very interesting, Ali, uh, very interesting topic altogether. I'd like to explore it from the angle that the Malbim suggests, because I think this is one of the most remarkable interpretations, which is divergent from the way that we are usually educated as to understanding this in a more real way. The Malbim points out, quoting the Medrash, that the Medrash explains what was the sin, what was their crime which was so egregious that Pharaoh threw them into prison in the first place. So the Medrash says that Pharaoh found a pebble in his bread, that was the sin of the baker, and there he found a fly in his wine, which is why he threw the butler into jail. So the, the Malbim points out that if you read the text very carefully, you'll notice that there are not two people in prison, there are actually four people in prison. There is the Oifer and the Mashke, that is the um, actual baker and the actual uh, called wine mixer or preparer. 
And then there's the Sar Ha'ofim and the Sar Hamashkim. The Sar is actually the person who interfaces directly with Pharaoh. He is the public end. He's not making the bread. He's not mixing the wine. He's presenting it to Pharaoh. And in fact, the baker answers to the Sar Ha'ofim and the butler answers to the Sar Hamashkim. So now he says, let's analyze those crimes for a moment. If a pebble is found in the bread, who is most culpable in this particular case? It turns out that the person culpable is the baker who baked the bread itself. The person presenting, the Sarah of him presenting that to Pharaoh, really has no um, level of culpability because how was he to know that in the center of this, this bread there's a pebble? That was the problem of the person making the bread. Whereas the opposite with the wine preparation. The person mixing the wine, likely there may have not been a fly at that point in the wine. It probably flew in at some point afterwards and the person who's the Sarah Mashkim, the officer in charge, um, should have noticed. He should have looked at the cup before he handed it over to Pharaoh and it would be his responsibility. So in, in the case of the bread, it was really the lower, the, in, the food preparer's um, responsibility. And when it came to the wine, it was really the presenter, not the preparer's um, um, responsibility, which means that if one were to have guessed which one of these people would have been exonerated and which one of these would have been indicted, one would say certainly the Sar Hamashkim, the battler, would have been killed and the Sar Ha'ofim would have been exonerated. However, that's what's so fascinating is when they have these dreams, they realize there's something wrong with the dreams because they're the opposite way around. And it sounds like that the, the, there's a more ominous side to the Sar Ha'ofim, the officer in charge of the bakery, um, than the one in charge of the, of the winery. So they don't understand it. In fact, the way the Malbim explains it is, if you read the Pesukim very carefully, is that they read, Meaning the ministers, the Sarah and the Sarah Mashkim, are dreaming the dream that would be applicable to their underlings, not to themselves. Meaning, the Sarah of him is, is getting a very ominous dream, which indicates that he's probably going to die. But that would be applicable to the one who actually baked the bread, not to him himself, who had no idea what was in the bread. How could he be held accountable for it? Vice versa for the Sar Hamashkim, which is why they don't understand why it happens in such a way. However, that's why the Malbim explains what the dreams actually mean. What happens is, is that the court is probably reviewing the docket and reviewing the file of each of these individuals. And they get to the Sarah Mashkim and they say, oh, there's a fly in the wine. He didn't look into it. Was, that was his sole responsibility is to make sure that the Pharaoh gets good wine. And he didn't look into it, so he's dead. And then they looked at the file of the Sarah Ha'ofim and they said, oh, well, how could he have known there was a pebble in it? He's fine. He's going to be, he's going to be acquitted. So in that case, um, that was the, the review. However, they start off in opposite places, which means that the, if you think about it, the vine that the, in the dream is empty. It's as if he's dead, according to logic. But then suddenly in the last moment, in three days before the birth of Pharaoh, suddenly it starts flowering and, and, and starts producing wine. So there's been a change around. The, the opposite is true of the Sarah of him. The Sarah of him sees of the, 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 the bread is already baked, the baskets are full, everything's right. He was going to be acquitted. But then suddenly the birds come and take it, which means that the judges hand over the file to Pharaoh for his birthday and Pharaoh to, decides that he's not going to act based on their own personal culpability, but on their responsibility. They are going to be treated as the leader of the people who answer to them. So therefore the Sarah of him, although it wasn't him who made the mistake, but because he is the leader, he is going to be executed because of the actions of his uh, underling. And the Sarah Mashkim, although he could have checked more carefully, he is going to be exonerated because really it goes back to the worker, not to the leader. That's what that, that it goes to the leader, not, not, not to the worker. That's, what, that's what's being understood over here. Very, very powerful idea as to understanding what Yosef is doing and what's actually going on here. Very different read to understanding this. That's why there were actually four people that Yosef was dealing with, not just two. At the end of the Aliyah, 
And it's interesting to notice that um, um, yet Yosef then um, is forgotten. Why is he forgotten? So Rashi famously tells us that he was too assertive in looking for help and thereby demonstrating a lack of real bitachon, uh, trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is why he is reprimanded by lo- losing another two years in jail as well. The Malam says that the part of the reason is, is because Yosef is actually saying to the Sarah Mashkim, that he needs to tell Pharaoh about him because the reason why he had this dream and the reason why he's in jail in the first place was all because of Yosef trying to get out. I mean, Yosef realized that the world history is being made now by Joseph, not by the butler. And he, the butler, you are a vehicle as part of this, this the grand play which is unfolding. That's what Yosef is essentially saying to him and therefore you need to remind me. So that's part of the interpretation of the dream is reminding Pharaoh. And it's interesting because this is actually one of the hallmarks of Yosef's actions. Yosef, whenever interpreting dreams from now on inwards, is going to also give a call to action. So when it's Pharaoh and the seven cows and seven grains, what's going to end up happening is he's going to give also economic um, um, suggestions as to what to do about it. Later on, when it comes to the brothers, he's going to manipulate them into bowing in a certain fashion so that he's able to fulfill his original dreams. Yosef seems to think that a a dream is not simply a a description or a prophecy. is a prescription as to what to do. And perhaps he's being criticized on that very premise. Perhaps he's being criticized here um, on the fact that you're not supposed to interpret the dream as a call to action necessarily. The Racham HaKadosh does point out one last point and that is, is that it's important to, that, that, that Yosef is being shown that human beings are frail. As much as you want to trust them, as much as they're wonderful people and they're careful, then at the end of the day, understand that they are still human beings and they will forget and they will not care. There's only one being one can really truly trust in. If you're going to be the leader or one of the leaders of the nation of Israel, you're going to have to remember there's only one entity and that's the Ribbon Shalalam. With this, we close the Aliyah and the Parsha. In the meantime, have a wonderful, meaningful day and a beautiful Shabbos.